Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Turn me down just a little bit there, Colin. Hmm. Well, let's just honor God. He's worthy. Well, that's this is your moment. You got to do it. Let's honor God. Amen. Yeah, come on. If you want to, you can stand. You can bow. You can kneel. But let's not just do nothing in his presence because he's here, guys. And if you came for any other reason than him, make this the moment where you decide it's all about Jesus. Because it is. Lord, we love you. And we're just so thankful that you chose us. Like you picked, you picked us. We didn't love you first. You loved us first. While we were so far away from you, you found us. Amen. Amen. You guys ever been there? Where you decided to go after something that was really valuable to you that was lost? The gospel and its in one of the most simple um, analogies or, you know, stories is, is about that, right? About how God loved us first. Way back in the garden, whatever that was like, it was some sort of utopia, some perfect creation, which is hard for me to imagine. Uh, how many of you guys long for heaven? It, not not for for perfection's sake alone or for the streets of gold or for any other thing except to be with him, right? Just like uh, Joel was teaching on a Friday night, you know, I want to live with the Lord forever. Like, you know, strip everything away. That's, That's what this is. That's what our desire ought to be in the same way that that's God's desire for us. And in the garden, that's, that was the creation, that was, this this thing that God was like, I need a way to express myself because God is love. And we've heard this over and over again, but guys, I just, I really had an urge um, to talk about this just a little more, to try and impart to you how much the Father loves and cares for each and every single one of his children. Um just really quickly, that, that, that story in the, the garden, um, if, you, if you hadn't figured it out, it, uh, God's love, the creation pr- process and purpose was because God wanted to have family. Um, so what's wild about this? One of the things that's so wild about this to me, um, I know I've got a, a bird watcher here on the front row. I was... Um, I was in the parking lot of um, somewhere the other day, and there was this, like, super scraggly bird, like, sitting on top, like, broken beak, 
no feathers underneath its belly. Um, how many of you guys ever see, like, animals, and you're moved by, like, compassion, right? And I, even this morning, sitting uh, outside of Starbucks, you know, in you know, prayer and, you know, just seeking the Lord, uh, I saw, you know, a guy out there on the street who appeared to be homeless, and he had a, had a pet, and I thought uh, about how, how much people like to care for animals, but how much we overlook our own, own things. But uh, back to my point, one of the things about being God's creation is what Jesus said in Matthew 5, where he says, see the birds in the air? You, you realize that they don't store up. Like birds, they, they just, every day, you know, the early bird gets the worm, literally. Like birds wake up at dawn and they sleep at dusk after, after sunset. But all, the, all they have is, is what they have. They, they don't have cognitive um, abilities. They, they just, they, 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 do, they do what they do, and they have purpose in that. And, and there's certainly parallels and analogies within that to, to you and I and for what God's given us and, and um, what we do. But beyond that, um, there, there, there isn't care like like there is for for us being God's children and, and so all that to say um, I really felt like God would just wanted to let you know that like he sees you like his his eye um, his eyes upon you as his child so I think that we ought to just pause there for just a moment and just rest in the presence of God amen thank you Lord can you just thank God that he, he cares about you? Psalms 139 teaches us that um, he knew you when you were being formed in your mother's womb. That's a pretty um, intricate process, how cells develop, and miraculously there's a body that's formed. And within this body is somehow there is a spirit that was already in the thought, like the mind of God, like knew you, um, the scripture teaches that all the days of your life were already written out in a book. Like, you <laughs> try to convince me that God doesn't have purpose and plan and that he doesn't care about you, you're wrong. Because the Bible teaches us over and over and over again about how much God cares about, like, individuality. Remember the, the story, how I started talking to you about how um, the, the care for something that's lost um, forgive me for not remembering exactly where, but the gospel is, is recorded, I want to say it's Luke, where um, a woman loses um, a coin and she has several other, or the shepherd who loses one sheep and, and he has 99. And, and it's, it's just this replaying story about how the father has one son, or we could put a daughter in place uh, because it's, it's a child uh, regardless. And it's not that he doesn't love the son who's there. It's that his heart burns for the one who's not there. And, and so what's so important to, to walk away from this, this morning and, and each and every single day is that God, when, when God's family isn't complete, then the work's not done yet. Then there's, there's, there's always room for one more, right? Our, our, one of our slogans, that we put it on a t-shirt. Like, there's always room for one more because, because God's desire is for, for each and every single member of his family, not just 
the ones that we deem valuable or important. Oh, I feel I feel a little little bit of something going going on up here talking about the body, because uh, I was having a conversation with a with a young man, um, and I was even sharing it with David last night. I literally in tears because it's so heartbreaking hearing him say that I'm more important or or Pastor Joel was more important than him. That is literally the thought that he said, and I'm so thankful for the honesty of children. Sometimes it's it's not easy to cope with because they have no filter, and, and so it's like, okay, wow. But at that moment, it was just like it became so much more clear than ever before that like one of the things that's needed most is not teachers. It's not somebody who can make a good post. It's not somebody who can preach a good sermon. It's somebody who can, who can live it, who, who can, with integrity and character, and can care about the people that are around them that, that are really hard to care about. You, you realize that, that in, in this analogy of the body, that the people that are around you are the body. Hello. Amen. Right? Amen. And, and, and that includes the ones that you like and the ones that you don't like. And, and so when, when we, we don't like people, we're not liking ourselves. And we're, we are specifically talking about Christians, believers, the lovers of Jesus, those, those who have devoted and dedicated their life to following Jesus. So people that are outside of the body, who, who are unbelievers, who have not yet made that decision to follow Jesus, this analogy cannot apply to them because they have not been born again into this body. But that being said, it doesn't make them less important in, in a way. It just makes it a different kind of important. Do you, does that make sense? Nod your head at me if that made sense. Okay. So people are important, period, right? But there, there is a difference to the way that God sees children, those who, who have been born again versus those who, who are lost. One of the things, and, and I, it keeps coming up while I'm talking about this, is how important it is for each and every single one of us to realize that until we have come to the conclusion of acceptance with the, the love our Father has for us as, as individuals, then we cannot successfully, to our full potential, be able to release and care for, like release God's love and care for those around us. So many times, and I'm guilty of this myself, I will speak about something that is I'm broken in, whether it be relationally or, or spiritually or mentally or, or you, know, um, you know, coping, dealing with different things. And what ends up happening is instead of bringing restoration or um, hope, I, I am driving a wedge. How many of you guys have ever done that? You, the goal is, yes, we want reconciliation. Like, like, gosh darn it, don't you get it? Like, you should love Jesus. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're messing your life up. You're hurting me. And, you know, you're stupid. You're making mistakes. And we, we tell people that because of the care in our heart because we don't, we, we've, we've been there, right? We, we, we're broken people, and so we know how badly things can turn in a moment. You know, just 
just because of one, one bad decision. That being said, it doesn't change the heart and the, and the mind of God, and it shouldn't change ours and the way that we react or, or how, how we reflect, um, you know, what's going on around us. How many of you guys have ever reflected what's going on around you instead of, like, knowing how to sleep in the storm, right? And so one of the things that will help you as we, you know, navigate life is, is those relationships that you have with the people that are around you, literally sitting next to you, the people that, that you have with, within his body. We're, we're so necessary to each other. Otherwise, who would need knees? Am I right? Like, if, if you're not necessary, listen, if, if, the, if the young man who says that I'm more important than he is, well, then why would God create bodies at all? The, the, the simplicity of this analogy is so imperative that we understand. Otherwise, we'll, we'll just continue to hobble. The body of Christ will continue to hobble if we don't understand and appreciate the value of, of, of being a femur or being, you know, tissue in a lung or, 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 or being, you know, a, an internal organ or, or being an eyeball. You know what the Bible says about the parts of the body that are seen, right? They're less important. So, hello, if anything, the kids should have told me, you're less important than me because you're on a stage. And that's the truth of the matter. It's not me trying to be, uh, uh, have false humility. It's, it's the reality that, that I am not as important as what is inside, like, going on up here. Like, my brain is much more important than my smile, but if my smile is, oh, what's going on there? Suddenly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more attentive to something that is outward when clearly we know 1 Samuel 16, 7 teaches us that God sees the what? The heart. Why Solomon taught that we should guard our hearts, not our smile, not our good image, not what people think about us. But what does God say about you? Come on. Does anybody know? Like, what, what is the, or, or can anybody shout at me one of the first things that comes to mind? What does God say about you? Come on. That's it. All of those things are so important to hear that I am redeemed. Somebody who's redeemed recognizes and realizes that they once were not. That you, you, you. <laughs> You are locked in a cell with no way out. How many of you guys have ever been confined? I, 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 all these boys that are sitting over here on the front seat, they, they were uh, both uh, in a really bad car accident. And, and it, it was one of those things where some people were confined to a seatbelt and others were ejected out of the car. But one way or the other, it, it, it brought to light how vulnerable, vulnerable we are, and, and just the, the, oh gosh, what is the word, just how precious life is, right? And as you think back upon that moment or, or other moments that in your life where, where someone was snatched away and, and suddenly life became that much more important, yeah, it, it, it causes you to, to have your mind upon eternity, right? Like Colossians teaches us, don't, don't, don't be swayed by what goes on around you. Don't, don't get so fixed and, and captivated by, by the, the, the 
um, temporal matters of earth. That you forget about the eternal things. So the eternal things. It's your relationship with God that matters the most. And if, and if you're in church this morning for the first time, or if you're watching online this morning, uh, and, and you have been far away from God, know that God has never stopped chasing you. If you feel far from God even in this moment and, you've been, and you're in church all the time, know that God is after your heart. God is not after what you can do for him. He's not after your, your acts of obedience more than he is after your heart of obedience. God said it's so, so important when you think about the relationship between children and parents, and it's something that I'm, I, was, I was telling David again last night. I'm having to rewire the way that I think about uh, um, uh, parenting and, and relation, relational um, aspects uh, regarding the people that I care about because uh, of this book that I listened to from Danny Silk. He talks about uh, parenting. It's called um, How to Love Your Kids on Purpose. And, and the goal of raising children, and so think about this, between your, your heavenly father and being a, a child of God, say, that's me. Tell your neighbor, that's you. Come on, your other one. Tell him, that's you. You're a child of God. Your, your, your destiny is to, to be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So we got to keep our eyes fixed on, on Jesus. And so as I was talking to him, I, I was reflecting back on, on growing up uh, in a family that um, my dad, and I, I love my dad very dearly, and I'm thankful for my dad. Um, and growing up, it, it was, um, he did the best he could, but I think I've talked to a lot of people, and they can uh, relate to me on this, that he was a military guy, and so one of his, you know, core things was that, you know, we did everything this certain type of way, and so this, this kind of throws out um, the baby with the bathwater because nobody's the same. We all have different personalities. We all, we all relate differently, right? And it got me thinking that, you know, even the way that I react to other people when I give, you know, direction and people hear differently. How many of you guys have ever said something to one, to one person, like especially in the workplace, and they hear something completely different and you're like, that's not what I communicated. All my married people know what's up. Come on. Hello. Ever been in a relationship and you're like texting somebody and they're like, and they, they receive something totally different that you're trying to communicate. But, but bouncing back to to our relationship with our Heavenly Father, which is the most important thing in life forever because his, his care is about his, his kids, his children. It's why he sent Jesus to the cross because he wanted you back in his family. His, his point in, in getting you to obey and, and to trust him is to develop that relationship. How many of you guys have ever had to work on developing a relationship with somebody that you, like, knock heads with? Like, you were forced to, maybe in the workplace, or maybe in your family, your, your parents, you know, with your other siblings. Or maybe, maybe it was one of those things where your parent was like, hey, like, you're going to like me. Like, we're going to work this out. And you're like, get away from me. Like, can I just go to my room already? Come on. We were all kids at one point or another. You just, you have to think far enough back, Pastor. And so the goal, the goal of, of obedience or of, of, you know, figuring this all out is just, like, valuing and appreciating 
like how much our Heavenly Father does love us. And so again, I think I'd just like to, to stop and go there, and, and I even encourage you in this moment to just kind of close your eyes and just kind of let's self-evaluate. Do I really believe that my Father cares about me? Do I really believe a Heavenly Father? What does that mean for me? Can we ask that question? Can you ask that internally? What does that mean to have a Heavenly Father who made me, who cares about me, who has a, a purpose for me? And maybe this morning you're asking, what is that purpose? I believe that one of the things the Lord really wanted me to share with you this morning is a, a, a passage out of Isaiah chapter 61. And this is a really fond passage to me. I really like this one. No, I don't want to sign up. I just want to read the Bible. Thanks. So. In Isaiah, um, I'm going to use the Passion Translation, uh, chapter 61. Um, you'll have to turn there on your phone unless you happen to have a uh, TPT with you, because um, this isn't even on the. This isn't even on the. Uh, I downloaded the Bible app, but it's not even on the Bible app. It's just online. So just bear with me one second. Isaiah 61. T-P-T. You there? You found it? Blake? Any luck? This passage of um, Isaiah talks about the Spirit of God being upon us. Later in Luke, uh, when Jesus, the Messiah, the, the, the Son of God himself, um, he comes, he reads this passage in church, literally, like, and they are so infuriated that he would be a fulfillment of this prophecy that they try to throw him off a cliff. But what's so amazing about this passage, I don't know if you've ever caught this, it says that they, they took him to the edge of this cliff and he passed through their midst. I don't understand exactly what happened there, but apparently they were unable to hold him any longer and they couldn't throw him off the cliff. Crazy. So... One of the things I see so much so for us as children of God is carriers of hope. Um, would any of you guys want to follow somebody who's hopeless around? Does anybody envision that Jesus on the earth was without hope? Raise your hand now. And then we can have a discussion later because I'm curious why you would think that. If you disagree, that's okay. Like, it's so good to ask questions. Amen. Oh, I was going to get you if you didn't say amen. I'm like, where, like, are you awake down there? Okay, so questions are good. Ask questions. Um, the mighty spirit of the Lord, Yahweh, is wrapped around me, verse 1, because Yahweh has anointed me. I guess I never found it back there. Okay, just stick with me. So uh, as a messenger, um, so the, the Spirit of God is wrapped around me. So let's picture this. You can close your eyes if you need to. Try to envision like a cloak being wrapped around you, but um, Holy Spirit, right? And the reason that Holy Spirit is wrapped around you is because why? God has anointed you. But why has he anointed you? So that, say, that's, this is me. That's me. So I'm anointed. If, if you haven't figured out that being a, being a child of God means that you're anointed, this scripture should help you come to that conclusion. But the, re the purpose for you being anointed isn't because you being anointed is the, is the best thing next to sliced bread. 
It's because God wants to use you to set the captives free. And so the next next uh, line says that he has anointed me, say that's me, as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. And as I read this, it just hit me. You're good, bro. It, it just hit me because I, I realized that so many times I am without good news. I'm without hope. I'm without this feeling that I am able to offer something to those who need hope, who need Jesus. And, and Colossians teaches that Jesus is the hope of glory. And I, could, I, I, I love to talk about glory because glory is this preciousness. It's this, this value that God has placed not, not even around you or on you, but in you. By his spirit, like, let's just take, like, just a little tiny bunny trail and, and talk about, because bunnies are always hopping places. That's why we talk about it at bunny trails. Um, let's take, like, just a little side story to talk about how precious it is that you and I not get to live, like, in God's presence, but with God in his presence, and God within you in his presence. There is been thousands of years. Come on, let's stop and count. Thousands of years. They can count back before Jesus arrived on the scene, which is so funny that the, the, the world's history is wrapped around in B.C. and A.D., but yet he's rejected. And you can count back thousands of years, and you can read through the prophets in Isaiah and Jeremiah and all the way back to Genesis, whether or not you believe those, and even read his historical transcripts and, and, and documentation, but specifically about how people desire to live in the day that you and I get to share in. It's not just a place of being able to sit with dad or on daddy's lap, but that, like, I literally have God dwelling on the inside of me. Now, that is an act, absolutely incomprehensible cognitive thought or statement, I guess, would probably be the better way to end that sentence. To comprehend God living on the inside of you. To make you brand new. The price that God paid to make you what he wanted to make you, to live with you. Again, incomprehensible. It's something beyond comprehension. We cannot understand the value of Jesus' blood. Of course, it gives me goosebumps to think about it, and Holy Spirit swells in the moment when you speak the name and the blood of Jesus. But this is just a fragment because, again, this points us over and over to the fact of yours and my value. God wanted you. Can you feel his heartbeat? Do you hear heaven in this moment? It's not about me. It's not about them. Yes, it is. It is about them. It's not, it's not that it's not about them, but 
But can you hear the overwhelming sensation and feeling the love of a father for your hearts, my hearts, how he, his heart beats for his, his child because they bear his image, they bear his name, his likeness, and, and he cries out, son, he cries out, daughter. And that's hope. That's hope. The value that we have to him. That, that I, I, can, I can feel it. It's like trickling in this room. Like, like sunlight through the cracks of a blackened out cave, a blacked out cave. That cave is your heart. And Jesus is just saying to you this morning, to each and every single one of you, this is an all-encompassing altar call. I love you. And if you are in need of hope this morning, because we're all hope dealers, if it weren't true, then Isaiah 61 shouldn't be in the Bible. Because the Spirit of God is upon who? Me. Not preacher Andrew, not evangelist Jason, not special so-and-so, et cetera, whoever, whatever, titles don't even matter. Me. Can you just say that? God's Spirit is on me. Why? I'm so glad that you're asking this morning because the design, the desire, is that you would be so filled and, like, just enamored just like infatuated with Jesus and, and, and his love for you. You see his gaze upon us? I can just see Jesus. He's, he's, he's gazing upon his, upon us this morning. I can just see his gaze upon you. You, do, you can just stop to receive that right now. Come on, his gaze is upon you. Jesus, we adore you. Can you feel hope filling this room? Hope filling your heart. Hope filling the atmosphere. Come on, right now, just release hope, hope into this atmosphere all over this place. Come on, if you're dealing with depression or brokenness, um, would you wave, wave your hand at me this morning? Anybody feeling a little hopeless in here? Wave your hand. Nobody looking around, every, every head bowed. If you're in here with depression, anxiety, feeling broken, hopeless, wave your hand at me. Come on, who is that? Thank you, Lord. Um, I'd like to pray for uh, you specifically. And um, while you're coming, um, can I just get my prayer partners? The Spirit of God is upon me. Because he has anointed me to release and bring hope. Come on, say, that's, that's me. That's my purpose. I'm a hope carrier. Come on, tell your neighbor you're a hope carrier. You're a minister of hope. Being a minister of good news means that you're, you're, you're a minister of hope.
Can we just gather around her and, and release heaven and break off um, just the curses, all depression, all brokenness? As they're praying, guys, if, if you're in need of prayer, is there anybody here in need of healing? Is somebody here with a broken heart? Is anybody in need of a, a new heart? Is anybody dealing with a broken heart? Mental, physical, trauma? I'm really hearing brokenness. If that's you dealing with brokenness, I need you to come down to the front. Trauma. If you've ever had to deal with trauma, can I, can I, we'd love to pray for you. Can we just worship the King of glory? He's in the room. And feel free to flood these altars. Feel free to fall on your face. Feel free to dance for joy. If, listen, if, you, if you've been set free, there's no need. If you're free, but if you need to be freed, come on, if you're feeling burdened, if you're feeling bound, I would love to pray for you. I'd love to just release heaven over you this morning. Would you come to the front if you're feeling bound or burdened? Is anybody feeling burdened this morning? If you need to be set free, listen, don't leave this place bound. If you feel captive to anything other than Jesus and his mantle of hope, you need to be set free this morning. Listen, if you'd like more of Jesus and you can't come tonight or stay to midnight, you should come down here for more this morning. Come on, let's just tell him we love him. If you're not up here at the front, would you stand with me for just a few minutes and let's just honor the Lord. Come on, let's respond to his goodness. Come on, let's open our mouths and fill this place with his praise. Jesus. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, come on, we honor you, Jesus. Yeah, come on. Right now, Jesus, you change everything. Come on, thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you. Can we get the words on the screen for this, please? Come on, keep releasing that. Come on, Jesus. Come on, he's here. 
Jesus. Come on, do you hear the words? Come on, yes. Come on, can we just release that prophetically, that Jesus changes everything? Jesus, you change everything. Come on, just close your eyes and begin to see him changing everything. Come on. I see uh, purity issues being restored right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I see, yeah, come on. Life's being restored. Why? Jesus, he changes everything. Come on, keep releasing that over your family, over your home. Come on, do you mean that today? Come on, let him in. Come on, Jesus. Let him in. Open up. 
Come on, can you pray this with me? That God would just have his way. Don't, don't, you, don't pray it unless you mean it now. Because uh, it's scary. But Lord, we do. That's our prayer, God. It's, it's not just here for our life, God, but the lives of those around us, God, for, for the broken, for the lost, for the hurting, for, for the desolate, God. Come on, can you just release heaven over those who are in need today? You Come on, you know, the, the, the hungry that we see on the streets, God, the, 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 the orphans that we never see that are, that, are, that are stuck, that are broken, those who, come on, those who are enduring tribulation. Jesus, would you change everything? Come on, by faith, let's release that. Jesus, would you, would you begin to move in our schools, in the hallways? Come on, Jesus, would, would you meet us in the restaurants, God, in those busy places, God, in the workplaces of our life? God, would you meet us in those conversations? Come on, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, and your words of interruption. Don't pray it unless you mean it. Holy Spirit, we love you. Lord, we love you. And right now, I, I really feel like God is, is, you need to repent. Those of you who have been shoving him out of the way, Lord, we repent. The, those of us who have been ignoring you, we say, Lord, we're sorry for, for putting aside what's most important. When we could bring and release hope to those around us. Lord, we, we repent right now and we say we're sorry. Because we could change everything because of you living on the inside of us, Jesus. But if only we partner with you. Can you right now just say, I'm a partner? If that's you, if you want to be a partner with, with Jesus and, and his, his army, with his army of love. And the Holy Spirit as our guide. Come on, I'm a partner. Are you a partner this morning? Say, I'm a partner if, if you want to. We partner with you, Lord. See, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And lives can be changed. Hope can be restored. Chains can break because Jesus does change everything, but it's only if we allow. We give you permission. Come on, can you tell him that this morning? I give you permission to what? Whatever he wants. Whatever you want, Lord, you can, everything, yeah, come on. You can have it all, Lord. You can have it all. See, because he purchased your life. He made a purchase, but he'll never force it on you. Jesus. Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this, and then I'm going to hand it off to Pastor Cameron. Jesus, would you just change everything? I just pray your, your, your miraculous and breakthrough interruptions. God, that you would just cause our world to be turned upside down like a snow globe or a time piece on a table, that you would just shift everything in our worlds upside down, that we would become so countercultural, that we would be known as those who turn the world upside down because we refuse to fit in. We refuse to live and just let people go by as broken. Jesus, would you change everything in our homes, in our families, in our lives? Jesus, would you start in me? And if that's your prayer today, I need you to shout amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Make some noise, y'all.
for the one and only Pastor Cameron. I think the last time that we did a baby dedication was Nathan Granger in 2012. Now that, that that was that was Gabby, her brother. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, the Lewises to bring Jeremiah and Caitlin to bring McKenna. What a joy this is! I love baby dedications, but while they're coming, baby dedications are are, are they're not just tradition. The example, the first example that I see of baby dedications is in John 2, 22, where Mary brought Jesus to dedicate him to the Lord. So we have great precedence to do this. We know that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, we know that when, when the Lord gave the command to the man and the woman after he had created them, he told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth up with God kids, image of God kids. I love baby dedications. This is Jeremiah, and this is McKenna, and they've come. Now, I I need to tell you a little quick story before before we go on, because baby dedications weren't always as precious to me as they are today. In 2001, my dad was 82, or 81, and in 2001, I was visiting with him, and you said, I said, I told him, I said, Dad, uh, you know, one thing has always been a question to me, and that's why out of all of our family, because I don't know of any of our family that's in ministry doing anything like this, I said, I'm trying to figure out how I got chosen for this. <laughs> he said, well, son, when you were born, your mother and I dedicated you to the Lord and asked him to make you a preacher. <laughs> And I said, this was two years before he died. He was 83 when he died. I said, you're just now tell. I've been a pastor for 20 years. And I'm saying, you're just now telling me this? I said, why didn't you tell me this before? And, well, I guess I just didn't think about it. <laughs> so it's, it's a very precious thing, but it's a very necessary thing. It Not only does it show the dedication and the desire of these parents, but it also fulfills many scriptures. Uh, I'll give you a few here. Genesis 18, 19, of Abraham, the Lord said, for I know him that he will command his children after him. So it's a very important thing that we're doing here today, not only dedicating to the Lord, but I'm putting these parents on notice that it's their divine, their, their job, it's their responsibility to teach these children the ways of the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 in the, uh, the, uh, the Living Bible, the Scripture says, But watch out, be very careful never to forget what you've seen God doing for you. This is, has to do with your testimony, does it not? May His miracles have a deep and permanent effect upon your lives. Tell your children and your grandchildren about the glorious miracles he did. Tell them especially about the day you stood before the Lord 
and, and summon the people before me, and I will instruct them so that they will always learn to reverence me and so they can teach my laws to their children. Again, from Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you obey these commands, you'll become, let me, let me back up. The purpose of these laws is to cause you, your sons, and your grandsons to reverence the Lord, uh, uh, Lord your God, by obeying all of his instructions as long as you live. Hi there. If you do, you'll have long, prosperous years ahead of you. I, I want you to know that the Scripture talks very specifically about the fact that if you will do this, there will be great blessing on you, not just the child. This is something that God loves, is when parents teach their children the ways of the Lord. And it's so important that you understand that and even if you didn't come this way when you were, still train your children, teach them. It may, it's not too late. Finish strong. Finish strong. Deuteronomy 32. And this one, this one is a very particular scripture because I've quoted it many times. I quote basically the 47th verse, but it begins in the 46th verse. He said, set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of this law. For it is not a futile thing, and this applies, you, you all ought to take notice of it. It's not a futile thing for you because it is your life. It is your life. By this word, you will prolong your days in the land which you cross over Jordan to possess. We are in that time. We see the picture of the Jordan. We don't have the Jordan here, but it is a spiritual truth that we will, we will cross over Jordan and possess a land in the future, in the days to come. The message translation says it this, Take heart all these words which I give witness today and urgently command your children to put them into practice. Urgently command. He didn't say suggest to them. He said command them. All right. I know that they come to a place in their lives when you can't command them, but this is necessary. Every single word of this revelation, yes, this is no small matter for you, for it is your life. In keeping this word, you'll have a good and long life in this land that you're crossing to possess. You, we all know Proverbs. Train up the child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not de they'll not depart. We all, I think, know that and, and have stood on that for our children. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 quotes from Exodus chapter 19 and 20 where, the, where he gave the, Moses gave the Ten Commandments. Here we find Paul quoting from that. And he said, Children, obey your parents, for this is, uh, your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Now, this is what you're to teach them. You're to teach them to honor their father and mother. He said, This is the first commandment with promise. And the promise is that, they, that it will be good with them and they will live long on the earth. This command is not a futile command. This command says that this will give long life and health as they live long upon the earth. It's a blessing. It's a command with promise. So you have to be aware of these things. Love them enough to correct them. The Scripture says, it goes on to say, Fathers, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, 
but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. So when you correct them, you've got to love them. You don't just punish them because you're angry. And don't even punish when you're angry. We live in an age where society tells us that we are not to punish or, I mean, we're not to correct. We're not to spank our children. Now, you've got to choose if you're going to believe this broken world or you're going to believe the, the living word. Because the Word says if you don't spank your children, you don't love them. If you don't give them divine correction that will build self-control in them. That's the basic, basic need in our generations today is so many young people have no self-control. They don't know how to say no to their impulses. You sure are good babies. So these are very important things that we understand and that we know. Paul said to Timothy, and from the childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. Talked about the fact that Lois taught uh, Timothy. Timothy knew the Holy Scriptures because he had been trained in them. And lastly, from the message translation, Ephesians 6, 4, take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the masters. So, before heaven and earth, do you parents commit to these things, to teach these children, these beautiful babies, teach them and command them in the way of the Lord. Correct them when they need correcting, but do it in love. Don't, don't, don't provoke them to wrath. So many. And this is a responsibility that you have, that God, is, God has given you the blessings of these babies. He's given these blessings to you. Now, your part in that is to make God kids out of them. So they'll grow up and be God-class adults. Would you as a congregation agree with them? And I'm going to challenge you as the congregation, and, and I'm thrilled today because most of you know we've been here a long time. I pastored for 35 years before I turned it over to these guys. Right on the front row with me is Robin Meek, who... who taught these children, many of them that are here today, for 17 years in this church. Stand up, Robin. I want them to see you. I want them to know who you are. I want you to know that this is one of the children that she taught. Where's Carrie? Gabby back there. She's one. Oh, there you are. Carrie's one of her kids. Anybody else? Yeah, over there. Uh, uh, and... Um, the Lewis, boy, Lewis boys, the Granger boys, De, uh, Darian. So we've got a bunch of kids. Now listen to me. These kids were dedicated to the Lord. They've been trained in the church, and look where they are today. They're, they're not, they're, yes, I, I, I want you to understand that this is not a simple or just a traditional thing we do. This has long-lasting results. And many of them that are left, uh, that have have left, we follow them and we know very well that they are still walking with the Lord. So this is very important, very important. Thank you, Jaden. That's one of them. One, one of one of one of our boys, one of our girls. All right, we're going to pray over these children. I want you to agree with us, and and then. If anyone has a word for these children, if I have one, I'll give it. If anybody else has a word for these babies, you're welcome to come and share it because this is a very, very special time. It's only done once, and these parents have come for this purpose. All right. 
would you step over this way here so that I can lay my hands on these babies? Go this way. <laughs> my arm hurts that way. No, no, I, I, I'm going to pray for both these babies. Thank you. Thank you. Would you pray with me? Father, we bring Jeremiah Lewis and McKenna Wilson to you today, Lord. They don't understand what's going on, but you are marking this day. You are marking this day. These children will be marked from this day forward. Don't bite me now. They'll be marked. Ah, he did. <laughs> They'll, it's, it's love bite. It's not, it's, he's not angry. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Jeremiah. Thank you for McKenna. Thank you for these precious babies that you've given us. They are a gift, but they are also a responsibility. They are a responsibility. And these parents have committed to command these children after them in the way that they should go. Raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and cause them to walk in your ways all of their days, Lord, to become God children and then God adults, God class. Thank you for each one, Father. We ask you to bless them according to your word. May they, may they be witnesses and a testimony of who you are. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Uh, you uh, must taste good. Praise the Lord. Would you, would you thank the Lord with me for these new gifts here, these babies, these precious ones? Okay. Any does anybody have anything they wanted to release? Pastor had said if you got any words. I didn't see anybody getting up. So maybe somebody afterward privately. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor Cameron. Amen. Let us go and fulfill the mandate to love God, love people, and lead well. Have a good week, guys.